0: Hey everybody, Scoop Duck and High Five back for another edition. My name is Matt Bagley, joined as always across this magical device we call the internet by Justin Hopkins, Beat Reporter and Publisher and Owner, all that jazz at ScoopDuck.com. If you've followed along this season, you know our rhythm. On Monday night, we tape a review pod that airs Tuesday. Looking back at the previous game. On Wednesday night, we tape a preview pod looking ahead for the next game. And that's the mission tonight. Uh, If you're listening Thursday morning, congrats. You you were quick on the eight ball. But regardless, all this rigmarole from me, I want to preview Oregon's next Pac-12 game against the Stanford Cardinal. In years past, I think this was a challenging matchup for Oregon, but I feel really comfortable heading into this game Saturday night. Justin Hopkins, scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about Oregon and Stanford Saturday night?
1: Probably at about a 3, which is kind of dangerous, I guess, right? I mean, I, obviously you and I are just uh, you know media guys just talking about the game. We're not coaches. We're not players. So hopefully that's not relayed you know, to the players, they're not feeling that way. But I'm sure, you know, uh, Coach Lanning is doing all he can to make sure everybody's primed and ready to go. But yeah, I mean, just looking at this game, just looking at, at, you know, really the level of football Stanford has played um, in its last, like, just say 10 games and and first three games of this season, um, there's just not really a threat there. They don't do any one thing especially well I know they have a little bit of a deep threat as far as the passing game goes but it's not so elite that it's like oh gosh you you totally got to respect this um uh, you know they don't have Cameron Ward back there just so many things that to me just I don't know I just yeah so I'm at a 3 that was a long-winded answer for that question but uh I just don't see a lot from Stanford that should give Oregon problems
0: yeah yeah I I I wonder and we've talked about this it feels like every year with David Shaw but but you're the recruiting expert you know these programs i think better than most including myself how much of of that the the inability of stanford to threaten is on david shaw and how much is on other factors
1: yeah it's just weird it's it's weird like i don't really have any other way to describe it it is just so weird to me that in the last we'll just say two to three years you know stanford used to be a school that you had to respect on the recruiting trail you know they couldn't offer a lot of guys obviously you got to be selective because of the academic requirements they had to be picky about the guys they went after because they wanted to make sure they were able to get them in um you know it's not like cal or other programs where they would just go ahead and kind of admit them and bypass the The uh, you know, the standards Stanford would not do that. So but David Shaw still found a way to go and, you know, recruit pretty elite guys. They normally wouldn't sign 25 guys. They would sign more like 20, you know, pretty strong guys as opposed to the full 25. And they'd always be physical. They'd always be tough. They'd always be well disciplined. Um, and, and I, I've always felt that David Shaw was kind of one of those guys you had to respect as a coach, right? I mean, I think we both have felt that way and I'll, and I'll be honest, just, I don't feel that way about either one of those things anymore. I don't feel like that they recruit especially well, they don't seem very aggressive. Um, it, it really seems like just prior to the pandemic, um, like it almost felt like somebody who was getting ready to retire or on his way out to the NFL. They had this mass exodus of players uh, there for a couple of years that transferred out. So I can't really put my finger on it. It's not like David Shaw's forgotten how to coach. Uh, I would certainly like to believe he hasn't forgotten how to recruit either, but neither one of those things seem to be going especially well for Stanford at the moment or, or really haven't been in the last year.
0: Yeah. I I always wonder like, The the, the, if if there was a business plan in college football, like if if college football coaches were just like, hey, here's our business plan, here's our identity, here's our vision. And they just laid it out the way that people lay out a business plan. I think David Shaw's business plan would have gone like this. We are the smartest, most prestigious academic institution in the Western U.S., the Harvard of the West. No one disputes that about Stanford. No one debates that about their uh, their academic prowess. And, and and I say that with a lot of respect. I went to a state school here in Oregon, one of the good ones, OIT. Uh, but there's all the good ones, right? Portland State has good programs. Oregon has good programs. OSU has good programs. Stanford, all their academic programs kick butt. Um, the, the To me, the pitch was always, we have this incredible academic institution, We have these incredible life-altering pathways that you can take after football for the 99% of you who won't get drafted on my team. And for everybody, put in four good years, get a degree, hopefully you get drafted, and during that time, we will prepare you for the NFL with an NFL-style scheme. And I was thinking about this on the drive-in. Uh, my driving my work today because uh, I was listening to the radio and they were talking about David Shaw and they were talking about Brian Kelly at Notre Dame and I wonder have have these guys Kelly at Notre Dame and Shaw at Stanford gotten away from from that model in the last few years? Yeah, it's
1: and a lot. I I don't know. I guess let me answer the question first. I don't know. It it certainly the the lsu hire of brian kelly uh from notre dame made no sense to me it's it's just like it's but it's the exact same hire that texas a&m made with jimbo fisher guy who's who's probably won well enough and you think okay we're getting this elite coach and it's like well are you getting an elite coach because florida state you know for years played in a really down acc until clemson and Dabo Swinney kind of got going, but even then, that was like the only other team he had to worry about. And then, you know, Notre Dame obviously was able to beat up on a lot of teams around them. Um, you know, I know they've scheduled, they had, you know, Cal scheduled fairly frequently, and in, US in USC, you know, for the last few years. And I, we'd always see Notre Dame and Brian Kelly get in the playoffs and get smashed because they weren't really all that good. And where am I going with this? What do you, what do? You, okay, do I think? David Shaw's kind of put it on coast mode. I do feel that that's the case because we both know he hasn't forgotten how to coach. We both know he hasn't forgotten how to recruit. Uh, has he gotten away from what got him there? You know, gosh, I don't know. They used to you know, bring in really highly coveted quarterbacks, and they haven't done that in a while. It's just kind of been a dude if that makes sense, you know, just, Hey, here, here's a guy bringing him in. It's, you know, this'll work. And it's like, well, your offensive scheme isn't that good that you can just put whoever back there. Um, But conversely, you know, you talk to people, it's like, well, why does David Shaw continue to get a pass? Why does he get a pass? Well, he gets a pass because who the hell else are you going to hire? Like this is Stanford. This isn't Michigan. This isn't Texas. This isn't one of those programs. You have some really difficult restrictions to work around. Um, You've, done a really good job for most of the seasons you've been there. Um, I, like who else are you going to hire? You're going to fire David Shaw. Who are you going to get? And that's right. That's a question. That's a question I ask of any school before, you know, if I'm an athletic director and we, you know, talking around the table, like, Hey, we're going to fire this guy. Well, the first question is, well, who can we hire? You know? And if you're, if you're, if you're Stanford, I I'm sure you can hire somebody, but I don't know that it'll be an upgrade. Even though it seems like David Shaw is like, well, I'll just use finger quotes here, is clearly kind of lost a step, if yeah. you will.
0: I, I think that's a great point because like one, one thing that I think gets gets lost sometimes when people talk about the uh, the booster situation in Oregon. Right. Especially outside Oregon. Right. Duck fans don't so much use this language, but Beaver fan will get derisive and say, oh, well, Uncle Phil buys, you know, your success or SEC Big Ten country. They say Uncle Phil 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 Knight. Right. Nike money. All that stuff. You've heard all the slurs before. What people don't always know is the Knight family also does a lot of donation with Stanford. And, and what I find fascinating is what they focus on with Oregon and what they focus on with Stanford and what a lot of boosters at Stanford focus on are, are totally different things. At Oregon, it's athletics. It's building that Nike connection, right? With Stanford, it's academics. And so I, I do think that plays a role in it that David Shaw is probably the best that they can do Given the fact that the boosters don't really need a ten-win football coach,
1: yeah, they're not a they're not a football school. I mean, I don't like. There's no other way to put that, and that's not a, a derogatory statement. But they're not a football school. I mean, they're an academic school that had some years being good at football, and the rest of us outside of the Stanford sphere. All kind of look at it like, man, don't you guys want to win? Don't you want to, you know, kind of get back to that level? Why have you guys tapered tapered
0: off? They have a billion dollar endowment. I mean, they have the money if they want to spend it.
1: Oh yeah. But they don't want to spend it. No, they don't want to spend it. They don't care. Um, And I think more importantly, they, all they care about is that, you know, they're continuing to get um, the right academic fit in there and that the program is clean, you know, that there's no issues and these guys aren't getting in trouble off the field and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a game at Stanford, but I mean, they'll show, you know, might get some of these guys to show up once a year, maybe twice a year if you're lucky. And they kind of show up and bring their, their wine and their cheese baskets and have a little, you know, tailgate of some sort out front and go in for probably half the game and leave. And it's just, it's a different vibe. It's just a totally different, different, different vibe and a, and a different demand. And, and uh, you know, and it's kind of a bummer because I, I, Stanford was really good. Like, they, you know I mean? They were a thorn in the side of Oregon. David Shaw still remains a great coach. I mean, I know we both believe that. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really shown up in the last couple of years all that well, but still believe there's a really good coach in there. But uh, you just kind of c- certainly start to wonder if he's maybe moving more towards that, you know, later phase of his – coaching career and just maybe doesn't have maybe the juice he used to have I don't know I don't know what the answer is
0: so uh, I got a couple more points on this game coming up Oregon Stanford eight o'clock kick I um I want to talk about this matchup and see if we can dig out any kernels here uh of of players to watch out for on both sides but first eight o'clock kick how do you feel about that
1: hate it I, I don't like it at all. Um, I know fans don't like it. I mean it's you know, I wrote about this today on the site on Scoop Duck, and, and what I don't like is it, it basically puts you in a lose-lose situation. You know, so if you're Oregon, uh you're already you're already expected to beat Stanford, right? I mean, really most of the folks that matter, most of the people that might vote or whatever will, and if they're on basically anywhere, you know, Texas or East they're probably not going to stay up or they stay up for the first quarter at most at best. And they go to bed and all they're going to do is look at a box score at the end of the game. Well, that's very dangerous because you're going to look at a box score and let's say Oregon gets up, you know, 41 to seven. And next thing you know, Dan Lanning's pulled all the starters and you know, Stanford goes and somehow gets two touchdowns because you know, Oregon's got the third stringers out there and Stanford gets a couple sloppy plays. Well, next thing you know, it's, you know, 41-21 4121 or 4124 or whatever the case might be and all of a sudden well, not quite the butt whooping it should have been but Oregon still won that's the dangerous part about this thing and you're not really going to get the benefit and then you know if you do lose you, you know should Oregon lose to Stanford you're going to get dinged because you lost flat out it doesn't matter if they watched a snap um, it doesn't matter if all of your first ringers were sent out of the game in the first quarter uh, you know they're going to see that you lost and that's going to be the end of that. So um, I don't like it. I hate it um, as an old man. Who's going to know, get off my lawn. Yeah. I have, <laughs> I have a, I have a tough time showing up for an eight o'clock game myself. Um, in fact, I thought about going to the game, but uh, we will be in Coos Bay earlier that day mm. uh, watching my boys play a, a soccer game. And, you know, I'm sitting here looking at Kim. It's like, well, okay. The soccer game's out uh, one or two or whatever. You know, it could get done and we could make it over to Eugene for the game. But by the time I go to Coos Bay, coach a game, drive over to the Duck game, game's at 8 o'clock. You're not out there until 1130. You're not, you know, to where you're sleeping until 12 at the earliest. I'm 44. I just, you know what? I'm just going to go home and watch it and sit on my couch where it's comfy after I drive back from Coos Bay and then allow myself to, uh, you know, sure, I'll still get to bed late, but I'm sleeping in my own bed and I can get up. Sunday morning, and not have to worry about driving back. And I think there's probably a lot of folks that live in Portland that feel the same way, right? They have a they have a shorter drive than I do, but still, you think, okay, you know, do I want to spring for the hotel room and have you know 300 bucks for the night? And all of a sudden, you're you're instead of going to the game for. You know, a hundred dollars for two tickets and a hundred dollars in gas yeah. you know you're adding a night of stay and you're adding food and and all these other things that go along with it And it's like well now i'm up to six seven hundred bucks i'm just gonna stay home and watch it where i'm comfortable yeah so hate the eight o'clock games and and i hate them for oregon uh i hate them for anybody that's basically good in the pac-12 that was one of the things i wrote about is the Pac-12 quite frankly just needs to do a better job of making sure that their good teams are not playing these later games. It's it's a huge detriment to the conference in my opinion.
0: I totally agree with you. You know, I I think about it from from all the angles you laid out. You thought about going to the game, you passed. I thought about going to the game for you know I had a, I had a college fraternity brother who's a diehard duck fan. Uh, he lives in the Bend area, makes probably seventy or eighty grand a year, so he gets to afford to go to a few games. And he said, "Hey, you want to go?" Well, I I I, I didn't want to be stuck in I five. Deal with that traffic. All all you Portland duck fans, you know I five. You got to really grit your teeth on Saturday morning driving down to Ottson. I didn't want to deal with the gas prices. I didn't want to deal with the, the the food and the beer, and and then pay the ticket. And like you said, something that could be a hundred bucks turns into two or three or more.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, I and I looked. You know that I, I had, in Oregon, this doesn't apply to everywhere, but in, in Eugene you know, a big game like that late, obviously a lot of the Portland crowd that does go is going to say, Hey, look, we're just going to stay. It's not, you know, we, we want to drink and not have to worry about driving back and right. being safe and being, you know, being, uh, being responsible. Well, all the, all the rooms are $350 instead of $150. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's a number of things, but again, even besides that, just taking that part out, I don't like putting Oregon or USC or Utah or whatever your good teams are. They should not be going on after. I mean, cause let's yeah. face it. Even a 6 o'clock game, this is an 8 o'clock game, even a 6 o'clock game, you're talking about 9 o'clock you know, on, the, on the East Coast kickoff time. Right. So how many of those people are even watching until halftime of a 6 o'clock kickoff, let alone an 8 o'clock kickoff?
0: Well, it's, it's not just East Coasters either. Like, obviously, and you know this because your site is fueled by them, but the diehards are going to watch right? The, the 1% of the 1% super ultra diehards, they will watch every snap of this game. They won't miss it. But I, I think about everybody that is a Duck fan, but isn't a diehard, diehard Duck fan. And having, having my background in radio, like I can speak to this firsthand. The worst time for ratings across the board TV and radio, the worst time to generate an audience is at 8 o'clock, 9, 10, 11 at night. People are going to bed, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it's a Saturday night. People are saying, hey, I got to go to church tomorrow morning. Or, hey, I, uh, I was up all day doing the honeydew list, right? Fixing the roof or mowing the lawns, running errands. I'm tired. That That's always my world on Saturday night. Got to do that Honeydew list or the wife will beat me, she will. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I think there's a lot of people out there. Now, I'm going to watch this game. I'm going to sit on my couch, turn on YouTube TV, pop open a couple Modellos and watch the Ducks game. I don't think everybody else will.
1: Well, I think... I think more importantly, and maybe to my point, is the fact that, you know, the the, the playoff committee, those guys, those guys aren't in their 20s, right? Okay, those guys are right. a, a little more mature in life, and they're not staying up till 11, 12, 1 o'clock to watch. Pro- probably not even to watch the team they like, let alone a team they don't, you know, really need to watch in a matchup that Oregon should win, basically, sleep. So, I know the uh, lawnmower just fired up across the street, but he'll be he'll be gone in a second.
0: Se- That's in okay. A second. It's okay. Hey, there's so, nothing wrong with some lawn maintenance.
1: Yeah, I well, I yeah, I did I did mine earlier. So, but yeah,
0: <laughs> you gave him the idea, right? Spark of inspiration. Hey, I I've got one quick sidebar, and then I want to dive in on on players that that we want to watch on Saturday. But uh, you're going to Coos Bay on Saturday. Are you going to eat in Coos Bay? Uh,
1: I, I mean, I don't know. I, okay. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's certainly possible. Because
0: so. I've got a place that that we found uh, a couple months ago. My wife and my, my parents and I were all in Coos Bay for a friend's wedding. Fisherman's Seafood Market in, uh, in Coos Bay, like like old-timey Coos Bay downtown off the 101 some of the best fish and chips i've ever had in my life
1: yeah well i mean you know that's the you know you get over to the coast obviously it's fish and chips or clam chowder or you know if you're a shrimp person or whatever the case might be that's definitely uh the thing my kids aren't especially huge uh on seafood so we typically we don't eat a ton of it as far as that goes so if i if i do go more than likely finding a pizza joint
0: okay well you can't go wrong with that either um, back to the action. I just I had to get that question out of the way. I know somebody's gonna be mad. We're gonna get at least one person complain and say, Matt, why did you veer so far off topic? But I love talking about food. Um, I know we just spent like twenty minutes talking about why we we're confident in Oregon and we're not worried about Stanford. Is there anyone on this Stanford team that concerns you that that you are are thinking about? And um, and uh, eager to watch on Saturday.
1: Well, I mean, Tanner McKee is a good quarterback. He's not Cameron Ward. Um, you know, they they run obviously a far different offense at Stanford than they do at Washington State. But Tanner McKee is still a guy you've got to respect. And you know, I think there's something there for Oregon. Um, you know, the Oregon defense really just you got to pay attention, right? And I think uh, you know the that goes hand in hand with probably their best weapon. I think offensively is is wide receiver, Michael Wilson uh, seems to be his favorite target, big guy, um, kind of a big play, kind of a guy. So I think, uh, you know, I think Gonzalez, uh, you know, Oregon's Christian Gonzalez will have his hands full there at corner. I think that's a matchup that really Oregon has to watch. In my mind, that's the only matchup that, you know, is really dangerous for Oregon. And I'm sure they're going to pay very close attention to that. But yeah, other than that, you know, I mean, they'll be, you know, they'll be running with Filkins. Uh, Obviously Emmett Smith's son will be out for this game. He's out for the year. Um, Defensively, again, they're a pretty sound defense. Not, they don't have, you know, that guy up front, or maybe that guy linebacker that you're sitting going, ooh, Ooh, watch, you know, watch that guy. He's going to take over a game. Um, but it doesn't mean that they still don't have a good 11 guys out there and are fundamentally sound. So, you know, th- that for me is Stanford in a nutshell. In my opinion, um, they played USC. Uh, really, USC has been lucky to beat Stanford the way they did, and USC is dang lucky to beat Oregon State the way they did. So I'm not going to discredit USC, but so far, that's still not a dominant, dominant team that we've seen yet. And I, I think they have had a bit of luck uh, beating both the Beavers and the Cardinals. So as much as maybe, you know, we kind of look at this game and say Oregon should have no problems. You know, it's still Stanford. It's still David Shaw. It's, he still loves nothing more than coming to Eugene and beating the Ducks and kind of hanging his hat on that win uh, every season if he doesn't have a great season. So
0: Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, those are the two guys that, that instantly come to my mind for Oregon to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned Stanford's schedule so far because I, I really pinpointed that. Like, I have to imagine in the meetings in Palo Alto this week, David Shaw's message to his team is, look, you lost to USC. That's a top 10 team right now. Now, I know you and I think that they're not as good as their ranking, but it is a top 10 team. Washington is a top 25 team. And Michael Penix has them playing, like, all-worldly right now, right? Um, Now you face Oregon. The message, I think, in Palo Alto, whether it's true or not, is that you got the two tough games out of the way, and now here's a team that you know, here's a team that you bring it against every year, you can go out and get these guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me, and and you're right. And I, I think for yeah I mean, if I'm David Shaw, I'm saying, Hey, look, you, you know, you, you hung with, you hung with Washington a little bit. You hung with USC pretty good too. Um, You know, obviously their lone win is Colgate, which, you know, you and I could have beat with our best nine friends, you know, playing the game, but best eight, you know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll give them that man advantage. You've got some confidence there that you can, you know, win uh, against Oregon. Now, That said, I I do like that this game is in Eugene a lot more than in Palo Alto because not necessarily to the degree of Pullman, but, you know, Palo Alto has kind of been a tough place for Oregon to play traditionally in the past. So I do like the fact that this is in Eugene and and not down in the Bay Area for Oregon. Uh, And that, to me, is probably one of the bigger reasons why I have a little bit more confidence than I feel like I should have. I, I almost feel guilty how confident I am for this game. But it just there's just not that much there that makes me think oh man this is a danger trap trap you know trap game for the yeah. ducks. I mean it's kind of tough coming off of a you know I I felt like the Washington State game was a bigger trap game for Oregon than this game is because you know I felt like Oregon was going to give BYU so much attention there and they did that that Wazoo game had some potential trap game. Uh, kind of tone kind of vibe to it which honestly it kind of did I mean that you know it took Oregon uh, you know about about 58 minutes to figure out the game uh, but they ended up pulling it out so um, I just feel like this one's a little bit less of a trap game the way it falls and again it's at home for Oregon
0: yeah hopefully doesn't need Bo Nix even a miracle to Bucky or the miracle that Mace Funa caught and house called in the fourth quarter hopefully it won't come down to that so we we've spent what twenty twenty five minutes on uh, on this game so far. Do we have time for five games?
1: Yeah, we'll just bang it out real quick. Maybe Sweet. a little little shorter than usual.
0: Yeah, that's what I figured. Just just bang bang boom. I want to start here. Five games that I think you should watch. Uh, you you probably are going to have this one as well. But that Kentucky Ole Miss game in the nine o'clock window. Uh, two top twenty five teams. Two SEC teams. Nine AM must watch for me.
1: Oh, yeah, I did not have that one, but I can see that. I actually just to back it up, I'm you know, I'm a I'm a day ahead of you. I'm Friday, ESPN, UW and UCLA. That is absolute must watch. Um, you know, Pac twelve game, big game. So um that for me was my first game was Friday, uh seven thirty, U and U C L A. That's that's one definitely we gotta watch. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh and I can see that one too. Uh makes a lot of sense i hate Uh, i hate putting this one down but i got bama arkansas
1: yeah i have that game too i think that's gonna that one to me is probably going to end up being a lot closer um than most expect i i think i think arkansas has got a legit chance to beat them there that's that's definitely an upset alert for me yeah um i know i know
0: you mentioned you love that arkansas team this year
1: Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I like them. I I mean, I obviously they're doing a hell of a job down there, but uh, you know, Bama's not like Bama's not Bama this year. Like they're still good. You you know, I mean, you got to respect them, but you know, like Bama, Georgia is what we used to call Bama this year. Um, And Bama is definitely a a step or a a tier behind them, in my opinion. Um, My second game was Saturday morning at 11, Oregon State at Utah. I think that's a game that you got to watch. Um, you know, I think it's going to be tough for Oregon State after battling USC the way they did uh and then traveling to Utah, but they did show they can hang with USC, so they can certainly hang with Utah, um maybe if they can limit turnovers this time.
0: Yeah, that's my third game and I would talk about it, but I'm trying to set a record for the least amount of Oregon State references that I make on a podcast. So, that's oh, okay. all I have on that.
1: Uh, let's see. So that's three for me and three for you. So I did put down, I, I actually have three more, which is just kind of weird, but I have Oklahoma state at Baylor. Okay. Um, I, I have that one game. too. Yeah. Just a good game. The problem for me is there were so many 1230 games. Uh, and then I, I have, I have wake forest at Florida state. And really why I wrote that one down is just because there's a couple former Duck players on that FSU team. I also happen to like Mike Norvell quite a bit. I think he's a great coach and a nice guy. So, um, you know, I had that game written down as well. My last game was North Carolina State at Clemson, which is in that 430 window, giving you a full day of football. Um, All of those are good games and entertaining games. I think people, if they're tailgating or at home, they should have an entertaining time flipping back and forth on their TV.
0: Oh, no doubt. So, so you hit on my fourth game, Oklahoma State Baylor. To me, yeah. I I think about not just the fact that these teams are ranked, not just the fact that I like one of the coaches, Dave Aranda, but I think about what this matchup was last year. Right? If if we were ranking last season's top ten college football games, I think overwhelmingly everyone puts that Big 12 title game on their top 10 list. It was electric. Yeah. And yeah. and I I I'm not asking this game to meet those expectations, but just give me a little taste of that electricity again.
1: Oh yeah. No. And and for me the I think the biggest reason I wrote it down is because, you know, Oregon beat BYU, BYU beat Baylor. It's just kind of nice to see how some of these things relate. Doesn't mean that Oregon would beat Baylor, But, you know, it's just kind of nice to see. And, you know, if somehow Baylor can, you know, upset Oklahoma State, uh, it makes that BYU win for Oregon even more impressive on the resume.
0: Yeah. And then my fifth game, uh, I could have gone with uh, with something later. Could have said, hey, I want to see Georgia blow another team to Smithereens. Or I could have picked uh, Navy Air Force because I love watching the academies. I went with... It's kind of like mid-afternoon, I think like a 4.30 start, uh, a 2.30 start, rather, on Pac-12. Cal and Wazoo. And my reasoning is I love watching Cam Ward, and I'm really really impressed by that Wazoo team. They lost to Oregon, but they look like a top-25 team.
1: They do. I agree with that completely. And, um, you know, I definitely didn't write that game down. I think Washington State should win with no problem, but I will say uh, Cal has actually started playing better football uh, the last couple of weeks. So that one might be a little bit closer than maybe we would have expected a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah. yeah, no doubt. So that's our five games. I pick five. He picks five. None of them are the Ducks game because we know you're going to watch that one. We just give you a whole lot more to watch on Saturday and make a day of it. Last thing I have on the agenda is lock of the week. Do you want to start, my friend?
1: Uh, I started last week. You go ahead.
0: (laughs) Well, last week I said my lock was Bo Nix would throw a a 50-plus yard pass in the air. And I think I got right on a technicality because it didn't go 50 air yards, but it did go 50, the Troy Franklin... TD in the late fourth quarter as Oregon pulled away to win um how about my lock this week I think Oregon is going to win and and win well uh I'll I'll put a point total on it two touchdowns I say two touchdowns plus Oregon beat Stanford
1: uh so my lock of the week um it's not going to be original I've kind of already written about it on the site but um, I actually think Oregon's going to commit to the run game this week. I think they I think they want to impose their will on Stanford and kind of show everyone that, hey, we can push anyone around. Um, I think Oregon could easily beat them through the air if they wanted to, so it's not because um, of that issue. I think they will commit to the run game and really make Stanford uh, stop it. So my lock of the week is that Oregon as a team – rushes for 350 yards or more this weekend against Stanford.
0: Okay. And if you followed us before, my bet or my lock is uh probably going to fail and Justin's bet or lock, you could put your mortgage on. <laughs> but those are our thoughts. Oregon Stanford, we're both confident, we both feel great, we both can't wait to watch the green and yellow Saturday night kickoff at 8. We'll tape another podcast on Monday night and uh, post it Tuesday, reviewing the Stanford game, and then follow up Wednesday with another podcast that we tape and release to the world on Thursday, previewing the next Oregon football game. As always, I want to thank you for listening, and go Ducks!